0: You're listening to A Little Less of a Hot Mess, off-the-couch combos with a therapist, me, Caitlin Soule. I'm a mom to three kids. I'm an author. I'm a therapist. I'm a business owner, and I'm a little bit of a messy human trying to figure out so many of the same things you are when it comes to life. In this podcast, we'll talk about things like mental health in general. We'll talk about marriage and motherhood and parenting and grief and loss and family relationships and friendships and all the things that are sometimes kind of sticky and hard to talk about. So join me as we work together on how to feel like a little less of a hot mess so we can enjoy more of the good stuff. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of A Little Less of a Hot Mess. For this week's conversation, it's going to be a little different. I actually was so excited to get to have this Instagram live conversation with Eve Rodsky that I forgot to I wanted to make it into a podcast and I didn't like know how to do it and I was just gonna save the video and upload it, blah blah blah, all the tech side of things. Well, didn't do that. Um and so I ended up just literally you guys to make this episode, don't judge me here. I just held up the Instagram live that we recorded into the microphone and hopefully it captured the audio okay. I think it sounds all right. It's not the best quality but like a doesn't matter, because that's not the point. The point is, I really care about being able to share this message, this conversation, I should say, with Eve and myself, because Eve Rodsky is an incredible human. She is the New York Times bestselling author of Fair Play. She created the Fair Play system, which is something that I'm now um, trained in being able to facilitate. Um, It's something that has helped me and my own personal life and my husband, as well as something that I now get to talk to women about and teach them how to use in their own home. Fair play is a system that I'll be talking a lot more about. In fact, I want to do an entire um, episode on it. Um, I'm going to be doing workshops on it. It's part of the work that I do in my therapy practice, as well as in my consultation work that I do it is a system that helps us balance the mental load of motherhood and at a time in the world where being a parent and being a mom especially is so challenging not because we don't love our children of course we do and not because it's not the most rewarding and amazing job in the world it's just that it's also hard and there's a lot of pressures and there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lack of support across different systems that we need things like access to affordable childcare, access to paid leave, um, you know, programs at schools and, you know, mental health support, all the things that we need. Oh, yeah. And gender equity <laughs> to thrive and have good mental health. So the reason why I love Eve Rodsky's work so much is because I think it is fundamental to the mental health conversation. I asked Eve to come on IG live and talk with me and, um, she offered to talk about my book as well. And it was just incredible. Eve was an early reader of the book. So she gave the book a review and, you know, just noted that the book is an, a really important tool. Um, a little less of a hot mess is what we're talking about it was a really important tool for helping women develop the agency that they need in order to step fully into their identity and have the mental health necessary to be able to like ask for what they deserve and get what they deserve at home, at work in life beyond. Right. So without further ado, I really want to just jump into this conversation. I want to add, if you haven't, you know, heard about her work yet or haven't read her book yet, you should definitely get start with Fair Play and then read Unicorn Space. Um, You can follow her at Fair Play Life. Thank you, Eve, so much for coming on. It truly was a dream to get to talk with you. Cheers.
1: Really well written and conversational and funny. Uh, and so can you tell the fair play life audience a little bit about you, Caitlin? Um, it's funny cause I actually, I left your book is at my office and I'm in my home office today. So, uh, can you show it to everybody? Cause it's the best cover, my favorite color.
0: Yes, I know. It's so bright and so fun, which is funny because I feel like I dress in a lot of like dark colors. And so it was really fun to bring the fun part of mental health out in this book. Um, My name is Caitlin, as you said, I am a therapist. I have a private practice in Northern California. Um, In the last couple years, though, I really started to try and have more open, honest conversations about mental health and motherhood because i found that so much of the conversation was happening behind these closed doors and i found that that's when we get stuck is when we feel like we're alone and we're the only ones feeling these things so when the pandemic hit in 2020 um i had like a little lull not very long because then everyone needed (laughs) mental health help right but i had like a few weeks where i just thought okay, I don't know what's going to happen here. If there ever was a time to sort of like gather my own thoughts about mental health and write to women who I know were going to need the help, moms like me who were struggling so much, it was then. So I, you know, that's the kind of short part of the story is I took a bunch of steps to decide to start writing and I wanted to put together all the things that I had learned in my clinical work but also in my own life about like where we get stuck in motherhood and i just thought what if we could apply some of these clinical tools that we use to treat you know people who come to the door with anxiety depression burnout and just like look at motherhood and think what if we could just apply these tools there and it really worked so the book a little less of a hot mess was born um, basically because one day that day, I think it was like March in 2020. I sat down and I just started writing the 12 places. I don't know how I came up with 12, but I guess I just started writing and there was 12 things or places that I realized women were getting stuck. You know, things like boundary setting, dealing with uncertainty, um, time to ourselves. And I created these 12 invitations into what
1: I call imperfect personal growth and evolution. i love you call it an invitation i think it, it makes things um feel not complete like it's an active pursuit and invitation to uh grow which i think is really beautiful um and and you do it with humor and a very conversational tone so what do you think um we we know that women are twice as likely to be diagnosed with mental health disorders that was before that was a statistic I used in Fair Play in 2019. So we know this was happening before the pandemic. And then we added 153% increase of unpaid labor to women's plates um, during the pandemic uh, and without any support uh, or social safety net. So um, how do you think uh, women are doing right now? Like, what are you seeing? Obviously, the invitations came for what you were seeing. But can you tell me what your what you're seeing and maybe what one of your most popular invitations is you know something that really resonated with uh, a big swath of your of your population
0: yeah absolutely so it's interesting you know Eve, before i started writing this book i wasn't yet i hadn't yet read fair play um now i'm proud to say i'm a fair play facilitator it is fair play um, your fair play method has informed so much of the way that I do my work with my clients, just the lens, which i look at mental health now is so different. So, you know, back in 2020, we were starting to have these conversations, but it was just the beginning for me. And so, gosh, how I think women are doing now, I think we're exhausted. I think we're, we're, yeah, we're exhausted. We have so little resources. We need a lot of help. We need Needs to change. And so what I've learned really from your work and so many incredible other women in, in this space is that we can't talk about mental health without talking about the systems that inform right. health or create, you know, the way that we feel about our role as moms. So I really think that um, how women are doing is we're we're struggling. I know that's a big generalization, but dig deep into the research as we find that. A lot of anxiety, a lot of anxiety, a lot of burnout um, is what I'm seeing and also what I've experienced over the past couple years. So I think one of the most popular invitations in this book was, I think, is it chapter two, which is you're invited to um, reflect. And it really looked at how we can go back into our past, understand the stories that we were told about our our role as women and then challenge those stories. I think maybe that was popular because a lot of people, a lot of times we just don't do that, right? We don't think to do that. We just go about our life and we don't realize that we don't have to keep hanging on to these old narratives. So in my book, I was really focusing on the individual work that we can do and then what your work and what so many other incredible women's work does is bring in the conversation of what the system, right? The system that needs to support it. And then of course, in you go on to kind of share that same, that same thing is that yes, systems need to change, but here's what we can
1: do while absolutely.
0: waiting for that to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, that's why I love your work because I think it's so important, again, from a clinical perspective to understand that it's okay to take agency in your own life. Or breathing polluted air, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have, you have to, you can stop breathing. And I think it's why I, I've always t- chose to, to, to write to women, even though we are the the oppressed population in these um, assumptions around who does housework and childcare. Because, again, the work has to happen. It's a both and it's not an either or. And so again, your, your work is very much about taking agency in your own life and what we can do to not be complicit in our own oppression, which I think is really important. And reflection is a really beautiful part of that. Um, Tell me another invitation that you've gotten uh, important feedback on and maybe any stories about um, if you could give me one or two stories of how the book has been received by different women, that would be really interesting. Yeah,
0: Uh, as you know writing a book is a long journey and it's a hard one and I know that a part so far has been hearing from women and a lot of my friends who have read the book and said wow like this really hit me so one thing that stands out is a lot of people responded to the part in the book where I wrote about um, giving that you don't you're not just evolving or work on yourself because you know you want to be better but because if you don't do it how will your how will your own children know that it's okay for them to do it that they need to right so this idea that you know it seems so obvious when we're looking at it from a logical perspective but we're in like the day-to-day of motherhood and we're experiencing like mom guild and there's so much going on we sometimes don't see how much our actions affect or will affect the way that our children and not to be gender stereotypical here, but with the way our girls will go on to look at motherhood and their, and so a lot of my own personal friends told me, like, this really made me look at mom guilt differently. And I I love that part because that was a big part of why I wanted to write this book, is that agency, that idea that, you know, not only do you have permission to evolve, but you owe it to yourself and children to do so. And the other part, I think about anxiety. I wanted to make sure we addressed a little bit in this book. It's not a book about anxiety, but you know, I know that it's a huge part of so many people's lives, especially right now. It's been a big part of mine. I've struggled a lot with anxiety in the beginning of the pandemic. I actually went on medication because I was struggling so, so much. And Same, same.
1: <laughs> yes, okay, 100%. no way there's no way i was getting to the california bar or the pandemic without 25 milligrams of zoloft i'll tell you that yep and so i am so thankful for that
0: because i was able to sleep again i was able to like be again so just like this idea that anxiety has impacted us all and i'm a therapist by the way with Schools, right? And I still was like, I can't do this. I need some help. So there's a chapter on you're invited to, uh, you're invited to sit with uncertainty. And this idea of, like, I think it's the hardest thing in the world. And, you know, we say this in the anxiety world that every person who comes in for help with anxiety, it's, there's no matter what type it is, there's this common theme of an intolerance. I'm like, what human likes uncertainty? And I'm like, oh, we're going on a roller coaster, right? It's like, uncertainty is not fun. And so, um, in that chapter, I talked about um, some real practical tools that you can use to crack. One, I talked about how hard it is to be with uncertainty, how much uncertainty we're having to sit with these days, and then two, what we think about it. And so, that part got a lot of really good feedback as well.
1: And then, was well, we talking to- about that, right? You know, that that this, this, it, it's still it's still so strange to me that um, we hide domestic workers as if. Um, somehow it's bad that we have babysitters or, uh, nannies. We hide the fact that we're on medication. We hide the fact that our partners are not doing anything by saying, well, my husband is, is great. Um, you know, there's, and I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, back to the little less of a hot mess. I mean, being a hot mess is a really good thing. Like, like you said, you know, this, this. We can be a little bit less of it, but I like that hot mess is in your title because we all are messy and what's the point, you know, literally, what's the point? Who are you trying to prove? What, um, except for maybe a few likes on social media, but who are we trying to prove by yeah. thinking that perfection and isolation is, is the goal end goal? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that was my early
0: motherhood, so much of my early motherhood story, like when the babies were little. And I think um, I really thought that I had to be the one to do it all and be it all. And, you know, I didn't, it was never like I needed to look perfect. I, it, I, that was like the last thing, unfortunately, that I cared about at the time. But I was saying sure that, like, you know, they had everything eaten. And I, I tell this story, you know, I, I didn't actually tell it in the book, but
1: I talked about it that
0: I wrote for parents, that I was so deep in people saying, and I say abandoning myself, self-abandonment, that I actually went to a two-year-old's birthday party because I didn't want my kids to miss out. It one in one and two, my girls were. And I went to a birthday party while I was actively, like, I didn't know it, but I started having a miscarriage in the car. I mean, I knew it was coming, and my doctor said, stay home and rest nope, I didn't rest, I went to the, I went, it, it's, you know, I went to the party, heaven forbid, mm-hmm. I don't be super mom that day, and that was really a big, kind of, start of my own, like, revolution, of, like, this something has to change here, um,
1: unfortunately, and by the way, I think, unfortunately, right, whether it's, you know, a blueberries breakdown that I write about in Fair Play, <laughs> or, um, having miscarriage in the car, like you talk about, um, or, uh, the, 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 one of the things that I've said to you before um, when we did or when we talked about it in the Fair Play training is that, you know, if you look at the the cards as a data point, um, and this gets back to mental health and why I love your work so much, Caitlin, but women who held, who said that they held the cognitive labor for 67, <laughs> I can't even hold them all in my hands, they're falling, <laughs> literally falling out, uh, 67 cards. And also worked for pay um, every single one of those women and it was uh, multiple hundreds in our CRM database every single one of them said that they were being treated for stress mm-hmm. they're being treated either in, in mental health or physical health for for stress related for anxiety related stress related illness yes absolutely uh, in that in that true and what's into the, i i was
0: just thinking about this the other day i was starting to do writing on it i don't know what's going to come from it but this idea of pathologizing burnout and stress and anxiety and it has me questioning so much of what i learned even back in grad school about anxiety and burnout and like our depression and all these things like is it actually and and here's what i think you've answered for me in your work and Figuring out is so much of the this out are not just because something. It's not like something's wrong with us. We're living in a system that creates
1: it. A hundred percent. Yeah, thank you. And your book keeps saying that the agency we can take, even if if. And you want to show your book one more time, Caitlin, so we could show everybody. But but um, a little less of a hot mess. It, it walks you through these assumptions that you may have about why. Um, why you're feeling the way you do uh, assumptions about mental health and, and it's time. I mean, I, I think we are finally reaching a point where finally, you know, I do think it is, we're going to go to a place where postpartum happiness mm-hmm. is, is the diagnosis. Yeah, like Right. Exactly. That's what I want. I, I want, I want you to get a strange ass prescription if you have postpartum. Yes. Um, But this idea that somehow we are pathologized for feeling anxious and stressed in a place where there's literally no help um, is often why we're in the situation. And so a question for you from our audience is where, where, where do you start? You're, you're, you know, you're ready to sort of tackle your mental health. You know, do you start with a psychiatrist? Do you start with therapy? Um, Mm -hmm. Or, or, you know, do you start with some of these unlearnings? Yeah. Um, where, where where, do you start?
0: I think it really, I'm going to give the therapist answer of it depends. Uh, it depends kind of what's going on with you. But if say you're a, you know, uh, you're a mom and you find yourself in this space of, gosh, it's been, you know, I'm two and a half years into this pandemic. There's so much going on in the world. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I think I might have anxiety. I haven't looked at this. What I do is I really think I would start with, um, having a conversation with somebody, like I always say community, somebody in your life who has experienced, think has experienced similar things, have that conversation. There's nothing like that face to face or, you know, I've connected with so many people here. Um, it gives you strength to then be able to decide what to do next. Of course, if you have access to a therapist, reach out. There are so many different ways you can, out to a therapist, but I know that not everybody, and this is another issue, can access therapy or wants to right away. Um, so I think community connection is huge. I also think, you know, I write about the, the model of a perfect growth and evolution, and it does, the point of it is to kind of give people a simple framework to start doing this work, which is the first step be thinking about what are the stories I've been told? that are keeping me stuck. You know, what have I been told about my role as a mom or as a woman? Does that still serve me? Usually the answer is no. And if not, like, how do I want to change it? Or what do I want to change it to? But we have to be, And the second step I, in the book, is really getting clear on what our values are. We're going to then drive that narrative change. Because I think that's so important. We don't know what we want to, how we want to change our limiting beliefs until we understand, like, why and what our values are. And then the third part of that model would be doing things each day, like we got to put it into action, right, to move toward those values. And like you, I really am, like almost like I get a queasy feeling when I see things that are like, you know, self care, go on a walk with a girlfriend, or go out. And I'm like, why is that self care? That's just like what we get to do as humans. Like, that's not actually
1: as As a human being. I can walk as a human being. I I should be able to like drink. A glass yes. of water. I'm sorry. that That's just like a human right. So but, the fact that somehow we celebrate that we get 20 minutes to, yes. uh, as my friend Rush, Mr. Johnny says, to go t- take a piss by ourselves. Yes. Like taking a piss by yourself in the toilet, in the bathroom, it's not self-care. Yeah. You know, I had,
0: I know, my husband said to me yesterday, and I love him, I love him to death, but you know, we're learning these things, right? And so yesterday he came home from the firehouse after two days of working, working a double shift in a day and I had a talk to give on a Mother's Day panel yesterday and um, later in the day I said something like gosh I'm so tired and he's like well you had so much time to yourself this morning well I had time to myself to get ready for the talk I was going to do like it wasn't like I was parading around the house you know I did a little bit of that but it's just interesting how and I reminded him very quickly these narratives that we have about like you know moms we're so lucky to have some time to ourselves like it's just necessary and so thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of a little less of a hot mess i just wanted to share a couple quick ways you can support the work i do you can subscribe to the podcast and leave a review you can also head to amazon or head to my website to check out my latest book a little less of a hot mess the modern mom's guide to growth and evolution leave a review purchase if you haven't already And if you're looking for therapy services or for yourself or a loved one, head to my group private practice website, which is bayareamoderntherapy.com. Have a beautiful week.